Good afternoon and welcome to Susan Harmon Experience, where we are experiencing all kinds of cool stuff. And we have a really special guest uh, to share with you today. Um, a couple of weeks ago, you heard my friend Olga Martin on. And if you if you saw that show, I mean, saw it's not video, it's audio. <laughs> if you heard that show, then you'll know that Olga credits her mentor, Howard Falco, with a lot of the things that she has done. And we are very, very fortunate to have Howard Falco with us today. Howard, welcome to Susan Harmon Experience. Well, thank you. It's uh, an honor to be on. Thanks for having me, Susan. Well, I'm I'm really glad to have you. You you are a very interesting person. Uh, for one thing, you also um, are doing a lot to make a difference in the world, and for me, that is huge. I really enjoy that people um, are. Um, what is the word I'm looking for? Working hard to make the world a better place. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, and and same to you. <laughs> <laughs> same to you. Same to you. Uh, no, it's uh, mm -hmm. definitely true. You're, you know, you're a spiritual teacher. We we talked briefly, um, so I know a little bit about you. I know that you're a, a spiritual teacher. Uh, you're a mental strength coach. I love that mental strength. That is so cool. That's definitely a good title for yourself when you're working with athletes. I am mm -hmm. full of the mental strength. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't, does it? No. I mean, it, seriously, even if you look at the NFL, right, with football players, mm -hmm. they may be way down and losing, but they never stop. At the professional level, no. No. Um, they, they, guys that make it at that level have a no-give-up uh, mentality in them. I don't care right. how much time's left in the game uh, or on the clock, they... Yeah, there's they two always, minutes, yeah. and they're still going to, they're still trying to do yeah. something because things can change in two minutes. That's right. Great athletes are eternal optimists. So, um, I like trait. that. Yeah. Don't you think eternal optimists are also good other things besides athletes? Yeah. I think anybody who's successful in life has to be an eternal optimist because life's going to throw you so much to test you and vet mm -hmm. you on that part in that process. That, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, one of the things like law of attraction when they say, oh, you know, this happened in your life because you attracted it to you. I'm like, very, very weird way to understand the law of attraction. Mm. It isn't what the world gives you. It's what you do with what the world gives you. Exactly. It is all about your response because in your response, you are declaring to the universe who you are in that moment. Correct. And if it's, a, it's a weak or fearful response, then the universe has no choice but to respond in kind to that energy. But if it's a powerful optimistic, and that may not be immediate, or sometimes it can be immediate, but it may not be, but but that's where another component of, a big component of this process comes in, which is uh, the process of faith. Um, so you, you, the universe is gonna test you and it's gonna continue to test you. So that's where the faith has to come in to continue to trust life in the process of staying optimistic. I totally agree. and. Um... Oh, one of um, the things that I think is important uh, in terms of that is when you say the law of attraction, it's like, oh, you have all the power in yourself. Well, no, you don't. You have the power for what you can do. Mm -hmm. So you reverse this like, OK, uh, I'm not going to accept this uh negative things that are being said to me or about me. I, I'm, I'm just not I'm putting back out love instead of anger or fear. 
Right. Well, that is the law of attraction because by me sending that out after I've experienced this thing, then it builds. And like you said, I think that what you said was very important. You may not have an immediate result right that moment, right that day, right that week, right that month, but you'll have a you will have a response down the road if that's yeah. It's it's well said and something that just came to me. It's it's almost more than the law of attraction. It's almost the law of awareness. Like your awareness level is going to be what the universe is going to respond to. And if there's ignorance in your understanding, then the universe is going to have to show you some more lessons and some more things to get you to dig in and question more to get to another level of awareness um, so that you can see the truth of infinite possibility and begin to act more out of that state. Uh, I totally agree with you with you on that, Howard. Um, you know, I just think that, uh, you, yeah, you're absolutely right. And one of the things that fascinates me is I had read in your bio that you experienced um, – a life-changing transformation, I think is how you put it, an expansion, your mind expanded. What exactly was that? What what happened that made that happen for you? Yeah, um, the short story, and I'm happy to expand on any of it, is I was always very, very curious since I was young, always questioning. I was the kid in class that had his hand up every five minutes asking another question or challenging something. And I was in my mid-30s after I had achieved a lot of the things that I thought you're supposed to achieve to make yourself happy, which was, you know, put myself through school, got married, had two kids, bought a house. I was living the quote, what the American dream is, but something was nagging deeper in me to understand some of the grander questions about life, the reason for suffering of so many people, the reason for disease and war, some big existential questions about our meaning and purpose here. And this questioning reached a real intensity in my mid-30s at a point where I didn't know how I was going to go to work the next day and work hard without having an answer to these things because it wasn't working for happiness for me anymore. And I was concerned because I had so, so many of the things that I thought would do it. The last thing I thought was money. You got to have millions of dollars. That'll make you happy. And one day I realized that that meant nothing as it related to happiness. A lot is related to convenience, but nothing to what it really means to be at peace and happy on the inside. And when that final um, excuse for not being happy went away, in other words, when that wasn't the answer anymore, I was really scared. I kind of put my hands up in a very dramatic moment in my home and said, okay, life, universe, God, um, existence, I need to know some answers and I, I need to know them immediately. And I don't care what I have to give up for them. And then what happened, Susan, over the course of the next six months, um, I started to see – I was at a seminar two weeks later for the finance business I was in at the time. And the instructor was talking about the psychological way we deal with markets and how we're creating the whole experience, how much money we put in, how long the investment lasts, when we get in, when we get out, the vehicle, et cetera. And he said, you're creating that whole experience from an investment standpoint. And I realized <laughs> – Oh my gosh, we're not just doing that in investments. We're doing that in every aspect of our life. You're and investing think, in your life. Well, just we're creating the experience right. and the choices. And it hit me. Okay, now I see a crack in the door. Now I realize that the answer to happiness is not out there. It's in here, which was so relieving. And it was like a weight went off my shoulders partially. And the second thing that kind of freaked me out a little bit was, I had asked these deep questions to the universe, and I realized that that 
message in that financial seminar was actually the universe talking back to me. <laughs> and when I when that hit me, it was mm. like, oh my gosh, this is how it happens every day if we're mindful and present. Not like we're forcing things like adding up no. numbers on a license plate, but uh, you know, the next day when I saw a bumper sticker that said MRCLS HPN, which stood for Miracles Happen, I realized like, okay. Like this is all around us all the time. The more mm. we open to it, the more it floods us. And so over the next six months, I was in a very mindful state. And then in December of 2002, I had a massive experience where from one minute to the next, um, I don't, every time I try and speak on it, I, I, I get a loss for words. But a mm. profound amount of insight and knowledge was revealed, downloaded, where I just Things became clear to me, so clear that it, it brought me to my knees in a state of humility, and I dedicated that moment to serving this awareness for the rest of my life. And that's when I left my job and wrote two books and have been out speaking and teaching since. So um, that's the short story. <laughs> no, I no, I, to I, I, I totally get it. Uh, in the mid-70s, I, I didn't know there was a church involved with it at the time, but I was reading Ernest Holmes' books. Mm, okay. And sure. I remember, you know, reading that because I had been at that point in my life going, well, when this happens, I'll be happy. And when that happens, I'll be happy. Right. And yeah. then after reading this book, for all of a sudden I went one day, you know, I could just be happy right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> my happiness is not conditional on anything outside myself. Matter of perspective. It was all huge for me. It was huge. You know, no. I don't need no. anything outside of me to be happy. Yeah. Now, the little things that bring you joy, when when I look at the sunset, I mean, especially here in Arizona, oh, thank you, yeah. sweet baby Jesus, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do have some beautiful sunsets here. Beautiful sunsets. When I yeah. walk out in the backyard and I hear the birds singing, like, oh, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. Right. I'm so blessed. You know, all these, they don't have to be anything big. I always, I mean, by my, I don't have to have anybody in the car with me. I pull up like, thank you for that parking place. That was really nice. Mm -hmm. Right. You know? And that's a great, um, yeah, it's a great perspective on gratitude. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's all the, it's all these little things. And if you constantly have an attitude of gratitude, I mean, I know it's so trite attitude of gratitude, but I love saying it. Attitude mm -hmm. of gratitude. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah. it seriously makes a difference. If you recognize all of these little things add up, mm -hmm. you know, you can go that way. Thank you for the parking place. Thank you for that person. Smile at me. Or you can go, well, those people didn't smile at me. Well, I'll just smile at them a little bit more. You know, yeah, <laughs> you know kill him with kindness. You know, that's, that's right. It's so funny. My mom, I'll never forget uh, when I was, God, that reminds me when I was like nine or 10 years old, I was in a department store with my mom in Chicago and the woman was being so rude to my mom. And the more rude she got, the nicer my mom got with her. <laughs> uh -huh. And we walked out and I remember saying to my mom, mom, that lady was so mean to you. Like, why were you so nice? And she said, Holly, she said in, in life, when people are like that, you have to kill them with kindness. And I, I never forgot that. It's such profound truth. Exactly. Because it's not what they're expecting. Exactly. And you break the spell eventually on them. Um, exactly. It, it's exactly true. Because if they're already feeding off the anger and the fear. Right. You take that food away and you replace it with wow. a different dish. 
so good, Susan. So good. That it's was awesome. good. I should write yeah. that down. You that definitely was... should. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that, Howard. That was okay. good. You know, I was like, I need someone to pay attention to what I'm saying because. I'm <laughs> well, it's a good thing we're recording this. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now, if I just listened to my own show, it would. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> so no, it's it's definitely true, and I think that. You know, for instance, not everyone has the ability to write like you do. So because you have taken up the slack for other people, you've spread the word and and it's made a difference that someone picks up your book and like, you know, I was thinking some of this. This really helps me. This is exactly what was in my head. And this guy wrote it down for me. Yeah, I've had a lot of people tell me that. That's really nice. Yeah, I I'm beyond blessed. I can't even find words for it anymore. But I'm um it's my greatest honor to serve this. And, um, um, you know, that's all I can say. I'm just blessed to be able to put it out and, and share. And I'm grateful to be in this moment with you right now sharing it. So, well, I'm, I'm glad you are too. Do you, do you remember this movie that came out on oh, about six months or so where the, where there was a time, uh, click in the timeline and, uh, the guy gets knocked out and a few minutes later, the, everything went off all over the planet and when he came to, nobody remembered the Beatles. They didn't exist in people's oh, lives. Oh, um, yeah, I just saw that movie. Um, that movie is so good. Actually, um, yesterday was it? Yesterday? Yesterday, yeah, or tomorrow? Yeah. yesterday or tomorrow? Yesterday, yeah. oh my! Yeah, it's got to be yesterday. So far, yeah. it was yesterday. See, so far away. Yeah. So, um, and what was so amazing about that? I mean, it was it was so. So what if a piece pulls out? And in that movie, there's these two people, they remember the Beatles. And they're trying to get hold of him. And he mm-hmm. is scared right. they're going to be angry because he took credit for writing the Beatles right. song. And but nobody angry. knows him. And they said, yeah. we just wanted yeah. to thank you because right. we can't sing and you can. And now you've taken the music back out into the world. And it was so powerful wow. to me that it doesn't it's- matter what the vehicle is. Just got goosebumps going down me from that. That was good. Yes, that's that's exactly right. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So you know that to me, and I I don't I could like why didn't this movie get more publicity than it has? It was such a powerful movie. Mm-hmm. So folks, if you have not seen yesterday, go see this movie. <laughs> Rent it. Do whatever. But it is so worth seeing. You know what? Have a movie night. You know, get the video. Invite your friends over. Pop some popcorn. You know what I mean? And watch mm-hmm. this. Use the clicker to turn it off to talk about scenes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to Howard. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. So one of the things you told me about that I found fascinating uh, was your work with sports. And we alluded to that a little bit earlier, you know, mm-hmm. talking about professionals. But with um, people that aren't, you know, very small, you know, kids start out, you know, in peewee football and then they work their way up. And very, very, very few of those, they get into high school and then fewer get into college and then fewer of those mm-hmm. get into the NFL. And now there's a new league. I forget what the name of it is now. There's a new football league. The XFL. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it just started, so. I know. I just but I'm fascinated that. nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing there's an audience for more of that. It's it's unbelievable, actually. Um, yeah, it's um, – so uh, So was there – it was the question about just when other people who don't make it, like what – Well. 
when you're working with how how young do you start working with uh, with athletes? Well, it depends. Um, in the athlete area, in in everyday life, I work with pretty much any age unless they're children. I, they have to have their ego has to be formed at some stage. So, fourteen, fifteen right. is probably the youngest that I would work at work with. Um, plus, that's when they start to think for themselves a little bit and are, are out of parental influences more than when they're younger. But when it comes to athletes, they have to be really, really serious, dedicated to what they're trying to accomplish. So the youngest, I mean, I have, I have worked with 13, but I, I don't, it's normally that's, 17, yeah, that's pretty, 18. Yeah, yeah it's, it's too that's young. That's still pretty formative. Yeah. Yeah. 17, I mean, at 13, probably, I think I wanted to be a veterinarian at 14. I wanted to be a motorcycle cop at, you know, 15, I wanted to be a paratrooper. Right. Yeah. And found out 16, girls couldn't 17, do those 18. things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, is is probably the the youngest that that I work with, and then all the way up through whatever age somebody's trying to accomplish something, as long as they're dedicated and they're open to the process of learning how their mind works in achievement and performance, and how you know, as long as they're willing to go a little deep within the self to see where they might have put some limits up. Um, that may be affecting them that they didn't even realize. So um, if they're dedicated, I'm dedicated to the process. So my intent and hope is that they are. Yeah. I, and, and do you, as part of working with them, uh, give them, um, give them, sell them or whatever, make sure they read the t your two books, copies of those, the uh, I Am, The Power of Discovering Who You Really Are, and then your other book, Time in a Bottle, Mastering the Experience of Life. Um, they're just for the audience's sake. I'm going to let them know that they are published by Penguin Group, and um, I definitely think that uh, those might be really valid books for anybody to read. Uh, they're very helpful. But I would assume that if you're working with young people, high school or college, uh, that reading those books would be beneficial for them while you're working with them. They are. Some of them have read them before they come to me. Some of some mm -hmm. of the athletes, that's how they found me. Some of them, you know, they're great reference tools for the work I do. I don't require or push them at all to read it, but I let them know that they're there. And if they're interested, okay. they can back up every all the work we do in person or on the phone or on Skype through. Um, they can back it up with that. Those as great reference points. But uh, it just depends. Um, mm -hmm. But it's not something I require them to do. I think that, um, see, I really admire that in you. I mean, that is something I, I, I think like, okay, this is the curriculum and this is what you need <laughs> to do. And this is, uh, and this is going to cost you this, this, but you are seeing each person you work with, uh, as an individual, which is obviously fits right in with self-awareness and self-empowerment. <laughs> exactly. And I think that's a big difference in, in being a powerful teacher today is that in the, the old school way was one size fits all. No. But the more powerful way today is each individual is unique and distinct where they're at on their path and you have to teach to where they're at, not necessarily one theme to, to everybody. And that's what's been most effective in, in my work. Is, uh, they come in, I find out where they're at, what might be blocking them, where they want to go, how ready they are to take this journey, whether we can go slow or I can go fast with them. And then we begin the process of them seeing more of their infinite potential which is the journey. Absolutely. It's uh, extremely important. And, you know, um, 
I don't know how what people used to say if you um it's not the destination, it's getting there. <laughs> the journey, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the journey. It's yeah. It's the trip, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yep, exactly. <laughs> don't trip out on me. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just I am getting a little giddy. Um, so, <laughs> so, um, so um, yeah, I think that uh, the work that you're doing, and then you, do you work with groups as well as individuals? So, I mean, and so you'd be working with the individuals in a group, but do you do that? Yeah, I do. I worked with groups with companies or teams, uh, sports teams. Okay. Where I would speak, the way it would work, though, where I would speak, to the group about mindfulness, mental strength, and I would give an overview and go into some steps and how the process works. And then after that, I would break it down to, to the individuals that are interested and see who gravitates to the deeper process. Um, so it's almost like, a, a, you know, this is the appetizer. This is kind of what this is about. This is where it's going. And if you're interested, here's how to take it further. And that's worked really well at companies and at on sports teams. That way, nobody feels obligated because you have to be ready for this journey. This is a, a big journey of self-reflection, um, and it's going to move you to a greater state of performance and results, whether it's in sports, business, relationships. It's going to open up more possibility for you, so um, you have to be ready. Yeah, I think that that's uh, really important that uh, you um, – you know, you know, it's just like in Field of the Dreams when the brother says – when did the baseball players get here? Mm-hmm. Until he was ready to see them. You know, he couldn't right. see them. Right. And we, we, our epiphanies or our understandings or any of this, they don't happen until we're ready to, to deal with them. So everybody is exactly where they're supposed to be, no mm. matter what you think or I think kind of thing. Exactly. Very profound truth right there. That is, everybody is, yes, exactly where they're supposed to be. And that's why you can't force somebody to um, to do what you want them to do you can only the best way is to show them that you understand and accept where they are even though you may not agree with it or want it for them there's some something in you that understands what you can't understand about their path and that may be what breaks it open to where they finally listen or or, or want to hear more Um, can you give me an example of that um, yeah. Okay. So if I was working in a relationship, um, with someone that, um, um, is hanging on to someone who broke up with them or divorced them and they don't want to let go, um, as much as I want to tell them what I believe the truth has been about the relationship, maybe it's been abusive, maybe it's been bad for them until they're ready to see that they're going to resist that I'm bringing that up and, and if I judge them for it, they're really going to shut down on me. But if I say, look, I understand where you're at and I understand why you're seeing things the way you're seeing when you're ready to, to understand more, I'm here, but I, I'm here for you regardless. I care about you regardless. Um, and whenever you're ready, I'm here. That's a much more conducive way to get them to open up and to listen and to say, you got to get rid of that and you got to not think of him or her and you you have to move on and just, it's just, you just got to move on, you know, and that's, that's easy for the person saying it to say. That's right. 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 Now, it is. In that situation or have gone through the trauma they went through when they were younger or, you know, be fearful about financial worries going forward. So many things that that person's dealing with. So 
that that would be one example you know, from a relationship. You you can okay. So my daughter, how do I say this without going into detail? My daughter was in a situation where I was saying, well, you know, there's over 6 billion people on the planet. And out of those, this number lives in the United States. And out of those, this number lives in the Puget Sound. And you could, you know, you could do so much better, blah, blah, blah. And she said to me, you know, mom, it really doesn't help me for you to say that. Mm. And I'm like, you know what? She's absolutely right. That may be a fact in terms of numbers, but it has nothing to do with her life and where she is emotionally and 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 who she meets and who she doesn't and mm. you know yeah. so it, it was really kind of snotty of me and you know i said you know you're right it, it really isn't helpful well, you were and doing I, the best I, you could to out of, <laughs> yeah, out of you exactly. wanting to see her joy and exactly. her free herself so it was you were doing your best at the time but it, it's cool that you've had that reflection well, and I said that to her, though, you know, like, you know, you're right. I was just trying to be helpful, but you're, you're absolutely correct. It's not mm-hmm. helpful. You know, made me feel better, but it didn't really help you, <laughs> you know. And I right. think that as a parent, and I don't care if you have, you know, young children or adult children, you're still always learning how to interact with them. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know? And so, you know, um, I'm like, yeah, you're, you're right. And I think that the best thing I ever did as a parent, my mother's advice to me was, honey, because I was like, oh, God, I'm not doing this right. And, you know, <laughs> she's like, you just can do the best you can do, and that's all you can do. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, this is the best I can do today. Maybe I can do it differently tomorrow, you know. Yeah. And, 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 that, and they take that pressure off yourself. Yeah. The more we want our kids to do and be like we think they should, the more the universe <laughs> sends us the opposite. And it's, it's to show us that each soul is their own expression on their own journey. And we have to learn to love them anyway and be there to support them and help them um, on their journey um, in the most unconditional way we possibly can. Um, obviously, without getting walked on or abused or right, you know, the right. process. but but unconditional otherwise. No, I, I totally agree with you. And, you know, I, I think that's just one of the things that's uh, really important for us to to do, you know. And, you know, I want to really go into how life is connected to each one of us and how important that is. Uh, we're going to be taking a break here shortly. But we did, we touched briefly on on why self empowerment is so critical to self empower I and mean, self awareness and self empowerment are so strongly linked mm-hmm. and i don't care if you're a little kid or if you're an old lady or something in between or different mm-hmm. those hold true for everybody yep absolutely the more self aware we can become right to me, that's the key. That's the key of all my work. It's it's so powerful when when you become self aware because as you learn more about yourself, you learn more about the world around you. And it seems like it's a constant to me in my life. It has been a constant process. I'm yes. always don't you do self discovery all the time? It's a never ending process because life is con- the possibilities are continuing to unfold. Therefore. The questions continue to unfold. Therefore, the process of self-understanding and self-awareness 
continues to unfold. Um, some days are bigger days than others when it comes to that, but but the process never ends. Like Einstein said, never stop questioning. Absolutely. Well, we're going to question our timing here right now because it is time for us to take a short break. Uh, you are listening to the Susan Harmon Experience. I am here with Howard Falco, and he is an amazing teacher. Uh, he is so open and so relaxed and so authentic, and that to me is the most important thing anyone can be. So stay tuned for more scintillating conversation with Susan and Howard. Uh, we are taking a break, and you are listening to Susan Harmon Experience on Alternative Talk Radio, KKNW. Stay tuned. Are you ready to become comfortable in your own skin? The Vast Institute's encouraging curriculum is designed to infuse your world with optimism and creative life solutions. Our four pillars of learning provide a holographic toolkit taking you to the next level. If you're ready to experience a quality of life currently beyond your imagination, call us at 206-935-7872 or visit our website at vastinstitute.com to discover how to enrich your life at work or play. Susan Harmon is offering a 20% discount on a bi-locality session if booked by June 15, 2020. Social distancing? No problem. You receive the energy in one location while Susan uses stones and sound in the pyramid at another location. To book your session or to ask about a three-session special, email susan at susanharmon.com or call 206-853-5225. That's 206-853-5225. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. We're a couple of baby boomers who bring you a talk radio mix of metaphysics and music, politics, and pop culture. And you never know which celebrity will join us for an interesting conversation. Mance and Mitchell is Boomer HQ, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on 1150 AM KKNW. Your home for alternative talk in Seattle and Western Washington. From Susan Harmon's private collection, these rare finds are now available for purchase until the end of June 2020. Quartz crystals that are large generators, rare Antarctic crystals with only three available, Russian phenakite, just one amazing specimen left, Czech moldavite of medium-sized high-quality pieces, and various spears. Check out the pictures at Susan Harmon's Facebook page or email susan at susanharmon.com or call 206 206- 8535225 that's 2068535225 need help getting started with self help you came to the right place alternative talk 1150 welcome back to Susan Harmon experience she I am here today with Howard Falco. Uh, Howard is an amazing spiritual teacher, a mental strength coach, and he's the author of two books on the power of self-awareness and personal potential. So he, we talked uh, earlier in the show about sudden life change he went through. We've talked about him working with athletes and so forth. So I've caught you up somewhat with that. Uh, you can find his books on his website or through Penguin Group Publishing. Uh, They're entitled, I Am, The Power of Discovering Who You Really Are. The other book is Time in a Bottle, Mastering the Experience of Life. So, Penguin Group, you can find those books there, and I think you will find them very helpful for you. 
So, Howard, we were talking earlier about uh, self-awareness and self self-empowerment, that to become powerful within yourself, you have to be aware of who you are within yourself. Yes. And what I discovered um, through my experience is that life is not connecting to who we think we are. Life is connecting to our truth about ourself. Our authenticity. Right. What we believe at the deep level is true about ourself, negative or positive. And so... Through self-discovery, self-reflection, and self-awareness, by digging in, we can see the beliefs and the truth that we may have been operating out of that we never previously let uh, come to our conscious mind. But now that they're in the conscious mind and we can see, wow, I always thought that way because of what my father said to me or because of that experience I had in that relationship or because of that, that business that didn't work out and those, those stuck in me that that's what life has been reflecting back. And the reason it's so important is because that's what I discovered, that life is meeting each of us in trying to help us validate what our truth is. So if our truth is I'm no good and I'm not worth anything, then life is going to help us connect with the right people, places, and events to try and give us the validation of that until we reach a point of questioning, most likely through a certain amount of suffering, that allows us to get on the path of self-awareness and break through to more of what I believe to be the truth of every human being, which is of their worth and their potential. And the more we can step into that space, the more miracles truly happen and life immediately begins to shift the winds and the energy that's flowing through us in what unfolds for us next. So that is why self-awareness is such an integral part of human development, spiritual development, conscious development, whatever you want to call it, as it relates to what you're trying to accomplish. I I agree, and you can see that in a lot of different things. This is why AA meetings, you know, you stand up and say, I'm an alcoholic, because you have to acknowledge there's an issue. Right. Do you it's know what I mean? You Before you can it. do yeah. anything with that. It's interesting that you mentioned that specific line in that, because I appreciate, obviously, Alcoholics Anonymous has done amazing things mm-hmm. for people. So I want to caveat that by saying that first. And then but, you start the next step. <laughs> right. But I, but I do believe that there is a point at which someone can even transcend that statement. Of course. With that statement that they don't have to say anymore. And, right. Um, right. I, and I understand. agree with you totally on that. Mm-hmm. But at the beginning, you're right. It is critical to the process. It opens the face door. the truth, right, so that they can get the right behavior to begin to change that. Because if you never face that truth, you can't change it. I just, I eventually would love a part of that program to be, I was an alcoholic. Correct. Now I am alcohol-free, you know. Um, you know, and I agree with you. There's a, a I'm just going to bring up a guy I was dating, <laughs> who said, <laughs> who said to me, you know, he really messed up. And he said, well, I'm taking full responsibility, but it wasn't all my fault. I'm like, oh, well, how's that full responsibility? <laughs> if this sentence followed very quickly, but it wasn't all my fault. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, you just immediately dismissed that last statement. Exactly. That like, invalidated it. Yeah, why, yeah. Are you, why are you even bothering? Do I look stupid to you? <laughs> You know, so, I mean, 
you 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 can't have it both ways kind of thing. You 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 either are or you aren't. You know, it's like being a little bit pregnant. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, I think when it comes to truth, you can't go halfway. So you have no. to if you want to go to the next level of anything that you're trying to do in your life or you want to create a new experience for yourself counter to the one that you haven't liked, whether it's in, again, business, relationships, sports, hobbies, peace of mind, then you have to first acknowledge who you have been that may have contributed to that experience in order to decide who you now want to be. So you need to be able to see the contrast by first being fully aligned with what the truth has been. You don't have mm -hmm. to say you are that now. No. But you can see. But acknowledge and, and, there was this. Just acknowledge it and then move forward. Right. And, and what I've found in my coaching and teaching is that the reason people don't want to go to that truth is because of the three what I call poisons in life, which are guilt, okay. shame, and regret. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, guilt and shame. Oh, and right. regret. You're right. But this is the key wheel greaser. Once you realize that you, like every other human being, have been doing the best you possibly can in each moment of, un of the unfolding of your life with the awareness, understanding, and ability to implement at that particular moment that you could have done at that time, then there's nothing to feel guilt, shameful, or regretful for. Now, does that mean you condone certain previous actions? No. Does that mean you want to behave like that again? No. But to, to pull the guilt and shame into this moment is to poison this moment. So you have to be able to separate and say, that's who I was, but it's not who I am anymore or who I intend to be. And I think that can really help people look back and say, okay, let me look at that. Wow. Now I can take that on because I don't have to worry about feeling bad for the next week because I rethought that about that again. I can look at it in a new light. I totally agree with you. Uh, some years ago, when I'd be busy doing something, and one of my family members would ask me, like, well, Mom, where's the ketchup? You know, kind of thing, uh, in the refrigerator. <laughs> like, well, where in the refrigerator? If you searched it inch by inch, how long could it possibly take? <laughs> but what I, what, would I, what I would say to them was, um, okay, I'll, I'll – I'll do that as soon as I, you know, I would be asking, well, pl please let me finish this first. And I'm like, why am I get asking permission from them? I mean, nobody's bleeding. I mean, if they came running in, oh, my God, buddy, you know what I mean? I would stop immediately and assist. But you're asking me to cease doing something I'm in the middle of to help you do something you really don't need help with. Okay. And then I would be asking them permission to finish my task first. It took me a few months, but I finally learned to say, when I finish this, I will help you. Mm. You know, make a statement, not ask for permission. Right. And now that was a big it, step yeah. for me. Yeah, it's a big step in, in self-honor and self-respect. That's right. And most of us don't realize, especially, and I, and I know it's not gender inequality, 
women are really conditioned to be in service and to take care of everybody and, you know, this sort of thing. And, and, you know, there is that tendency and, you know, there's a part of me at that point in my life, I don't care now, my, my feet, my new theme song, theme, my new new theme song is Beth Hart's uh, Bad Woman Blues because it's like, I don't do that anymore. You know, I'm not your mama. I'm not your wife. I'm not the person that's going to make it right. So, you know, it is. And it's interesting that that song, you know, has come out, you know, with the Me Too movement and all of this sort of thing of saying, well, wait a minute. It isn't my job to make things work better for you. You have to make things work better for you. Mm -hmm. I have to learn how to make them better for me. Right. And that means I need to be a better person which by being a better person, I need to continually looking at myself and being aware of who I am so that I am empowering myself every single day. Right, because if you if you were to keep that behavior up, then it would build as an animosity and it would come out sideways, maybe in passive aggressive behavior. Exactly. Because you felt used, you felt manipulated, mm-hmm. you felt, and mm-hmm. really what you needed to do was take control back of how you wanted to define who you are and how you wanted to be so that you can then shape the environment and what was going to be created for you differently and do it in a genteel way, but 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 just simply by respecting yourself more and go, you know, I don't have to come running at a beck and call every two seconds when I'm trying to get something done. I'm going to lay down the law. This is what it's going to be. You can take care of this and don't expect an answer unless it's an emergency. Right, gently but firmly. I mean, right. if, if you're screaming and you're bleeding and all, all bets are well, off. You know? Right, of course, of course. <laughs> you know, but because... I know what you mean from a broader sense of how people can easily get, you know, more severely manipulated, used in relationships, and and it 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 sometimes takes years to wake out of that. Um, it does. And, right, and but that's why I believe the process of self awareness. People can can take control of their own happiness. And what's really interesting is so many people where they have a partner who's going down the road of self-awareness or spirituality, they think, oh, you're being selfish. It's just the opposite. They're trying to become (laughs) whole so they can be the best version for the relationship. Um, Exactly. What you're saying is so important for people to get. Mm -hmm. Now, you're not selfish in your process of becoming a better person. Now, if you're being mean to the other people around you, that's another story. Correct. So, and 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 it's and and can do you ever see that with someone? Well, I'm just taking care of myself and getting better, and these people are really annoying me. I don't think that's self awareness. Do you? No, I, I think that's a lack of awareness. Uh, uh, because uh, they're annoying you because either you don't you haven't um you haven't gotten control of your own self and so they're annoying you because you know that on some subconscious level and you feel obligated or guilty by them annoying you (laughs) it's probably what's happening you're absolutely correct and one of the things in my own (laughs) self-discovery is that i find when my children my adult children do things that annoy me it's usually something i do and don't want to look at well, that's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Or you're, you, what you're unwilling to say 
from a disciplinary standpoint because you don't want to hurt the relationship or you don't want to risk hurting the relationship. A lot of people in and and a lot of parents that are codependent with their children sometimes are more too much their friend. I'm not saying your situation, but in other situations sure too much you their are, friend. And not enough. No, not at all. <laughs> Just messing with you. <laughs> no, you're absolutely you know, you're 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 correct because um and 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 there is something to that. Most of us want to keep our relation relationships in a in a positive way. And like, well, you know, I just let this piece go. I'll let that go because it'll keep the waters, you know, from being stirred up. It'll keep things right. peaceful. Right. Exactly. Um, and, and you can only go so long before eventually you have to say something to set new boundaries to get the environment to be how you want it. Because otherwise it just drains you. I've seen that in so many relationships where they're unwilling to say something and communicate for fear of disrupting things. And then they realize they can't go very long that way because it drains them. It creates a problem. It's exhausting. Yeah, it separates them. It, it, and it, and it, there becomes this hidden animosity. Whereas when, once you can communicate, uh, we're talking specifically about relationships, but once you can communicate in a relationship freely, it's very, very powerful and it can actually draw you closer. And I think everybody's happier when people feel more connected that mm -hmm. way. But if you don't say anything, um, uh, which a lot of couples do, they don't talk about a lot of things, it, ca it can cause a lot of problems. Well, and I see that also in work situations, your relationship with your fellow workers. If you have a sense of your own value, you present differently than if you're trying to make it work kind of thing. Do you know that's just with people you're working with? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so if that... you value yourself in all mm -hmm. your relationships, whether they're familial, uh, love, uh, work, you know, strangers on the street, you know, when you yeah, value it... yourself, it's recognized. Well, that's a great point. It's recognized. People respond to that energy. Just like they respond when you don't value yourself. You get cut off in traffic. People yeah. jump in front of you in line. Um, they don't think about you and they're calling people to, to, to go out and do things, you know, in order to help you validate that dismissive feeling, that, that negative feeling. Again, life is working to confirm what you believe to be true. That's why it's so important to be able to look in and see what you've believed, what you've believed in order to have the opportunity to change it, which is transformation. To finally say this, and yeah, and it's I am statements that are the core. That's why the book is titled I Am, but that's the core of it. And don't you feel that it's a continual process that it never ends? Yeah, I, I think there are times when it's more intense than others, based on your curiosity or your desires of what you're trying to create. But then there's times where you could be at peace in your life where you're just not inquisitive. You're more in a being state, you're not right. an active, you know, but yes, it, I agree with you. It doesn't end and it shouldn't. I think that's one of the great beauties of life is that we're constantly unfolding new understandings and awarenesses about who we are and what's possible for us, which is so exciting. It is, it is. And see, I'm one of those people that's trying to live three lives at one time. <laughs> my curiosity is both a plus and a minus you know? <laughs> That's funny. but it all works you know I mean 
It's like, what is the worst thing that happens if you try something and it doesn't work? Well, you learned what didn't work. Exactly. But it's not failure. It's learning. No, it's learning. I, I don't like that word failure. It's just. It doesn't it mean keeps, anything. Yeah. Well, it, 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 it can keep people very fearful of taking steps if they look at it that way. But if they look at it as a learning experience, you know, this is what's great about great athletes. Um, they're not afraid to, quote, fail because what they pull out of it is always more information. I'll never forget. I'll tell you this quick story. I was watching at the end of the season, um, the Patriots play, and um, obviously Tom Brady was driving them down the field. They were down by like seven points, and they were on like the six-yard line about to score. I think it was the Ravens they were going to score against. And everybody's seen this movie. Brady scores. They go into overtime, and they win the game because they were at home in Foxborough. Well, this time, Brady threw a pass with like, I don't know, maybe 10 seconds left on the clock, and it got knocked down on fourth down in the end zone. And the game was basically over. The Ravens were going to get the ball sit on it and run the clock out. And they panned to Tom Brady on the sidelines. Was he sulking? Was he yelling? Was he screaming? Was he upset? No. He was on his iPad looking at what did I do wrong there? What can I learn from that? Where where did I not get the ball in the right location where the defender couldn't get his arms on it? Mm -hmm. What can I learn for next time? And I just thought that was so interesting. Here the game was over, but he was still trying to absorb every bit of insight he could out of that moment Mm -hmm. so that he could be better. So. Anyway, just interesting. Yeah, and and you know, sports isn't an an a comparison to real life. And I don't know why I'm having a hard time talking today, because I really like talking. So it's you know, it's absolutely true. Well, we are almost out of time. We're not quite there yet, but I wanted to know if you had any last words over the next couple of minutes to uh, share so that uh, the audience will have another insight in, in how to develop their own self-awareness on how they, how mm-hmm. they do this. So that, because truly, I think the more I know about myself, the more empowered I become, the more relaxed I am with who I am, the more I, I put out there, well, this is me. I mean, yeah. I had somebody tell me in a group that I was in one time that said, um, well, you make people uncomfortable. I said, I, I'm just being me. This is who I am. Right. You can't make anybody. I, I can't make right. anybody feel uncomfortable. I mean, unless I'm holding a gun on them or something. Do you know what I mean? That right. would make no, anybody exactly. feel uncomfortable. But what I'm saying, just by being who I am, I said, so what is it you want me to do? Do you want me to be somebody else? So, I mean, right. what exactly? I, what is it exactly you think I should do to <laughs> help them not feel uncomfortable? Right. So I think I think an answer to your question, you know, what people can do to go down more of this path of self-awareness is recognize that they're doing it right now. Right. Putting their attention on this podcast, listening to your show and hearing this is law of attraction or their intent. They're asking of the universe responding in some way in this very moment to them. Now, how much they take from this is up to them, but it reveals how worthy they are of all this insight and wisdom and info. Again, everybody can go at their own pace and own speed as to the depth that they pull out of this and how deep they go with it. But here is a moment where you're absolutely receiving a direct message from the universe that, hey, this is part of the path. So that's one. Two is to believe that you're worthy of achieving more in your life and experiencing more in your life, no matter what you've thought in the past or what anybody's told you. And then... The last thing is to know that you always hold the power within you to define 
declare and demonstrate who you choose to be. And when you do that with a true resonation, belief, love, and respect for who you are, this universe will respond. Totally true. Well, Howard, I have so enjoyed having you on the Susan Harmon Experience today. I just think that you have a great deal of wisdom and a very practical. See, to me, um, one of the titles of you and myself is Practical Visionary. Mm -hmm. It's all well and good to go out of body and do all of this, have this experience and that experience. But unless you can put it in practical terms and bring it into this dimension and make it work for you, it's just so much la-la land. Right, exactly. You know, La La Land's so, a good way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I like visiting La La Land, but I live <laughs> here, you know. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah, uh, so I think true. it. I think it is important to do that. Anyway, it's just been great having you. I've enjoyed this conversation so Thank much. Oh, I me mean, too. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I, I would love to have you back again. I think we just barely touched on all the knowledge mm-hmm. you have, and, and it would just be wonderful for people to know everything you can do. Folks, uh, Howard is in Scottsdale. Uh, you can get hold of him if you're living here in Arizona. And please, if you're not living here, get one of these books because it's going to make a difference in your life. But until you do all that, my friends, there's something I really want you to do, and that is to keep on dancing. From Susan Harmon's private collection, these rare finds are now available for purchase until the end of June 2020. Quartz crystals that are large generators, rare Antarctic crystals with only three available. Russian phenakite, just one amazing specimen left. Czech moldavite of medium-sized high-quality pieces and various spears. Check out the pictures at Susan Harmon's Facebook page or email susan at susanharmon.com or call 206. 206- 8535225 that's 2068535225 I'm Gary Mance I'm Suzanne Mitchell we're a couple of baby boomers who bring you a talk radio mix of metaphysics and music politics and pop culture and you never know which celebrity will join us for an interesting conversation Mance and Mitchell is Boomer HQ, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on 1150 AM KKNW. Your home for alternative talk in Seattle and Western Washington. Susan Harmon is offering a 20% discount on a by locality session if booked by June 15, 2020. Social distancing? No problem. You receive the energy in one location while Susan uses stones and sound in the pyramid at another location. To book your session or to ask about a three-session special, email susan at susanharmon.com or call 206-853-5225. That's 206-853-5225.